we have a, the brave, brave soul helping us tonight. Louis on uh, sound. So, Louis, take us away. Please stand if you're able. We come together this evening in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. Help, save Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood Let us pray.
Oh God, you make us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only begotten Son. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, that we may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I almost said good morning, but good evening. The first reading this evening is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 10 through 14, and this can be found on page 1069 in the Pew Bible. Now you hear me refer to King Ahaz, and he was a king of Judea before the fall of the kingdom, probably around 700 BC. He, he was uh, an expert at hypocrisy and political correctness at the time, and uh, Isaiah was warning him that uh, false humility and worshiping false, you know, idols would be his undoing. And every prophecy that prophets have made came true. And it did. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Again the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Next, we'll read Psalm 110, verses 1 through 4, responsively, and this is printed in your bulletin. This is a psalm of David. And when it says, the Lord says to my Lord, it's likely the Lord, the God, the Father, saying to David's Lord, who is Jesus. Psalm 110, beginning with the first verse, the Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The epistle this evening is taken from the first book of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, and this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1902. This letter is to remind early Christians that Jesus is the true man and true God, and that he came to save the world through love. This is the same John who wrote the, uh, the Apostle John and the same one who wrote Revelation. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this evening is indeed from St. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and can be found on page 1497 in the Pew Bible. Matthew records, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. 
Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This evening, as uh, our season continues in the new church year, and especially on the eve before the celebration of the birth of Christ, we are going to take a look at Joseph. And we know that we learn much about Joseph from Matthew and Luke. And what we know is that Joseph was betrothed to Mary at the time that Jesus was born. We know through the Gospels that he played a role in Jesus' childhood. However, by the time that Jesus began his ministry, we know that Joseph had died. We Likely he had died. He was not mentioned uh, during Jesus' ministry. He was not mentioned as being present during uh, the crucifixion. So Joseph is the man who had to deal with a shocking fact, and that is that his betrothed wife was pregnant, and he was not the father. And we aren't sure when or how that Joseph learned of Mary's condition. The Bible just simply doesn't say. Now, marriages were arranged during that period of time. And in that culture, it is possible that Mary's father broke the news to Joseph. And it is also possible that Mary broke the news to Joseph herself. And there's a movie called The Nativity that suggests that Mary told no one until she returned from her visit with Elizabeth, where she was there for three months, you'll recall. And by the time she came back to her home, well, she was starting to show. And no one needed to be told anything about her condition anymore. It was obvious. Their eyes could tell the situation. Now, regardless of how, regardless of when, Joseph learned of Mary's condition, he was in a, can we just agree, an extremely awkward situation? The Bible doesn't tell us about Joseph's feelings in this situation. Surely there must have been some pain. Surely he must have felt some grief. Surely he must have been angry and many other emotions. But the Bible doesn't tell us that. It doesn't say anything about that. The Bible does tell us what Joseph did. According to the laws of Moses, the penalty for adultery was death by stoning. And Joseph would have been perfectly within his rights to drag Mary out into the public courts and demand this punishment. And he didn't do that. Instead, the Bible tells us 
that Mary's husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. This means that Joseph was studying the law. And it means that the situation he was looking to do was he was hoping that he could end the marriage without getting Mary killed. Even though he thought Mary had betrayed him, he was still willing to do the hard work to salvage the situation in Mary's best interest. And Joseph, through this, demonstrates a a very special kind of love. This is not the hormone-driven animal instinct that our culture holds up as love. This is the real thing. This is a love that is ready to sacrifice. It is a love that is ready to do the hard work. It is a love that puts the loved one ahead of self. True love does what it needs to do, even when it hurts. The Bible doesn't tell us much about Joseph, but this one short account demonstrates that he was a man of high moral character. And as Joseph was researching the best way to deal with this difficult situation, God showed up like he does. And God showed that he had other plans for Joseph. That God had chosen Joseph to be the guardian of Jesus, just as much as he had chosen Mary to be the mother of Jesus. God sent an angel to tell Joseph the truth about Mary and her child. And we know that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, the angel gave Joseph the good news, the good news that Mary was still faithful. This was a miracle pregnancy. The child growing within her is the Messiah, the Son of God. And Joseph was faithful to the angel's message from God. He stopped thinking about the divorce. Instead, he took Mary under his protection as his wife. And he had no physical relationship with her until the baby was born. As the Bible says, as you heard me read, when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph remained separate from Mary so that this would not only be a virgin conception, but that it would be a virgin birth. 
And Joseph cared for Jesus as if he were his own son. He saw to it that Jesus fulfilled all the ceremonial laws. He saw to it that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day, and he was presented and purified in the temple. And when danger came, Joseph escorted Jesus and his mother to Egypt to keep them safe. And when Jesus came of age, Joseph took Jesus to Jerusalem for the Passover. The Bible portrays Joseph as an excellent guardian to Jesus. Joseph responded well, but it all began with a surprise. And he knew the promises of the Messiah, and he believed that they would be fulfilled. But who would have thought? Who would have thought that they would be fulfilled in your own home? Joseph, like most of us, expected an important, important events to happen somewhere else, not in my front porch. But God revealed the truth, and he convinced Joseph, and then graciously made him part of the eternal plan. And as we study the Bible, we see that God's plans, those plans often catch his people off guard. He always seems to work in unexpected ways. You've heard me say, I wouldn't do it that way. Right? He could have been expected to think that his pregnant fiancée was a, was a virgin. How, how would anyone think that? Yeah, right. It was unprecedented what happened to her. Never before had a virgin got impregnated in that way. Who would have imagined that God, the creator of the universe, would choose to become part of that creation? Who would have dreamt that he would come as a helpless baby? But that's just like God. I'm going to save the world with a baby. God is almighty. He is powerful. But this world does not understand really what that means, almighty and all-powerful. The world expects power and might to express itself with grand displays and authority. And God created the universe, and he, he gives it to us for our good and for our enjoyment. He says, here, take it, enjoy it. And we end up thanking him by asking, so what have you done for me lately, God? We keep asking for signs because we forget that our very existence rests in his hands. We constantly desire something new, something fresh, something exciting. We look for the display of worldly power. We want worldly glory and worldly wealth. And the truth is God gives us riches beyond our needs, but often we are not content. And that is the reason that God 
well, his ways are often so unexpected. Jesus himself often told his disciples that the, that the Christ must suffer, that he must die, and that he will rise from the dead. In fact, Moses quoted God's promise to Adam and Eve when he said the woman's seed will crush the serpent's head. And Isaiah, the prophet, told us that the Lord will lay our iniquity on his servant and that by his servant's stripes we shall be healed. And the psalmist gives us the words that Jesus will say from the cross when he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We really shouldn't be surprised. And Jesus pointed to all of these things and more. And those who knew Jesus should have anticipated the plan. But nonetheless, when Jesus kept those promises, it was all so very unexpected. No one expected God to show his glory and power by sacrificing his only begotten son. No one expected God to choose the cross for the battlefield. And no one expected death to be the weapon God used against death. And then when Jesus did die, no one expected him to triumph over death and to rise again. Who would have thought? Well, those who know him should have thought it. Those who hear his word and trust in him should have anticipated it all. We should have known it from his own clear promises, but still, we are surprised. Who would have, well, who would anticipate that this God would choose us and make us his own? Who would anticipate that this God would forgive us and renew us and call us his children? That is God who's cool that way. That's God who constantly surprises us with his gracious gifts. Now Joseph was shocked. He was shocked when he learned about Mary's condition. And then the angel visited him in a dream, and he told him about the unexpected nature of the child in Mary's womb. Joseph learned that his Savior was much closer than he expected. He's right there. And God chose Joseph to be the guardian to our Lord. And in this way, God gave Joseph a very special place in the plan of our salvation. And in this unexpected way, God began his work of saying, saving Mary, of saving Joseph and all of us from our sins. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Please stand if you're able. Let us now 
confess our faith together to the Nicene Creed, which is found on page four of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. And for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. And he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He was spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people in accordance to their needs. Holy and gracious Lord, your Son became flesh with heart and hands to bear our sins to the cross, and that our hearts might be pure and our hands clean before you. And as we give thanks for your Son's incarnation, strengthen our faith with the remembrance that he is born to save us by his life, his death, and his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, by the gift of your Holy Spirit, we testify that your Son is the Savior of the world. Pour out your Spirit continually upon your people. Bless pastors as they proclaim Jesus who became flesh to save us by dying and rising again. And open our mouths to praise the name of the one born in Bethlehem. Lord, in your mercy, God of comfort, you sent an angel to reveal to Joseph that the child in Mary's womb was your own, preserving their marriage and family. Preserve our homes also by your holy word. Fill them with your grace that husbands and wives, parents and children may live in peace and love with one another. Lord, in your mercy, almighty God, the one born in Bethlehem is son of David and Lord of David, to whom every knee shall bow. Look upon all those whom you have placed in authority and grant that they might govern in the wisdom justice, and mercy of the Christ who came to save. Lord, in your mercy, 
Lord God, you love us. You sent your Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Strengthen us to love one another, as you have mercy upon all who are poor and troubled. So perfect your love in us that we would gladly be your instruments of help in time of need. Lord, in your mercy, holy God, in the manger, despite appearances, we find Emmanuel, God, with us to deliver us from sin. Open our eyes by faith to find this same Savior with us in the sacrament of the altar for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, in your mercy, we give thanks to you, O Lord, for the saints who received your blessing of righteousness in Christ and now stand in the most holy place before your throne in heaven. We especially think of our sister, Jean Lubrick, who went to be with you yesterday. Father, preserve us by your grace in the holiness of Christ so that we too might dwell in your light and life for eternity. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, you have given your Son, born of Mary, to be the Savior of the world. Send your Spirit and abide with us that we might confess that Jesus is the Savior of the world and abide in your love until he comes again in glory. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace, but let's just kind of do it staying in place for tonight so uh, we can get everyone home and safe. And there is, uh, well, there, yep, there's some, some hand sanitizer here, but peace be with you. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes again to judge with the world in righteousness. And so with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we do praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Who would have thought that God would take simple elements of bread and wine and make them into his grace that you can taste, that you can touch, that it passes over your lips and what its effect is your own personal Passover. It rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. Who would have thought that God would have done something like that with simple elements. Well, our Father, who art in heaven, is cool that way, and that's what he does for you and what he does for me. If your confession, and I heard you, is that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then come. The table is prepared. This meal is for you.
well, we will be singing that together in a moment here, but just uh, to put the bookend on here, the benediction, uh, an ironic prayer from Aaron. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Righty tidy.
Uh...